Welcome to this Pure Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including supporting material, go to www.purevoice.com forward slash WQS. This program has been supported by an independent educational grant from Gilead Sciences Incorporated. Welcome to this Pure Voice panel discussion on optimizing outcomes with antibody drug conjugates in metastatic triple negative breast cancer. This activity comprises two presentations featuring Dr. Aditya Bardia and Professor Veronique Dieres. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello, this is Veronique Dieras from Centre Jeanne Marquis, Rennes, France. Welcome to this activity titled Keeping to Target in Metastatic Triple Negative Breast Cancer, Optimizing Outcomes with Antibody Drug Conjugates in Practice. Joining me in the discussion is my esteemed colleague and dear friends, Aditya Bardia from Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. The first uh, presentation, we will discuss on proactive management of antibody drug conjugate regimens in metastatic triple negative breast cancer. So what are the, the targets for antibody drug uh, conjugates uh, for breast cancers? The main targets today are ER2, TROP2, and ER3. But today we will mainly focus on two uh, ADC, Sazituzumab, Govitecant, and Trastuzumab, Durixecant, uh, because they are approved, and uh, clinical phase three trials were positive, and we have some word of a new uh, ongoing uh, development, uh, Datopotamab, Durixecant. I would like to highlight the fact that the payload is a topoisomerase inhibitor one for uh, both ADC, SN38 for sazituzumab govitecant and derixtecant for trastuzumab derixtecant. In fact, uh, the last generation of ADC is characterized by a bystander effect. And in fact, the bystander effect uh, is in fact the release of the cytotoxic, the payload compound outside of uh, the uh, tumoral cells uh, with the antigen and uh, that may target, uh, be active on uh, the microenvironment on tumoral cells with, without the expression of the target. And in fact, this bystander effect was associated with higher potency because in case of heterogeneity uh, of the disease, we may have some effect. However, we are facing more toxicity and we will see uh, during the presentation. And one of the toxicity with TDXD was the uh, occurrence of interstitial lung disease. We need appropriate strategy for the diagnosis and management of ILD and also to uh, other uh, side effects. According to the very positive results of the ASEN phase 3 trial comparing sazituzumab govitecant versus treatment physician choice for patients with metastatic triple negative breast cancer, uh, both ESMO and NCSN guidelines recommended to include sazituzumab govitecant as the preferred treatment option for second lines therapy for metastatic triple negative breast cancer. Uh, Aditya, uh, what when are the toxicity likely to occur during the treatment with sazituzumab govitecant and what approaches can be taken to reduce risk of occurrence and or severity? Yeah, no, good question. So sazituzumab govitecan is a trope to directed antibody drug conjugate and the payload is SN38. 
majority of the toxicities we see are because of SN38, so toxicities we would see otherwise with iron OTCAN. The advantage with an ADC is that while the toxicities are similar to iron OTCAN, the severity and grade is much lower than what we see with iron OTCAN, and also you have better efficacy because more SN38 is delivered to the tumor cells. So common toxicities include myelosuppression with neutropenia, with uh, anemia, as well as GI toxicity, the main one being diarrhea, as well as nausea. And then finally, uh, we see alopecia as well. The ascent was a phase three trial that looked at sacituzumab covid can versus uh, standard chemotherapy. Um, majority of the patients discontinued because of disease progression rather than toxicity. So it says at least in the TNBC setting, majority of the patients can remain on the drug uh, and they don't discontinue because of toxicity. If you look at the specific type of AEs, a neutropenia is the most common AE that's seen with sacituzumab can, including grade 3 neutropenia, uh, as well as grade four. I would say about one third of patients have uh, grade three neutropenia uh, and about one in five would have grade four. Besides neutropenia, anemia is the side effect that can be seen in terms of myelosuppression. Uh, febrile neutropenia is not, not that common in part because uh, the incidence of grade four neutropenia is not very high and also because physicians are used to using GCSF. Now, in terms of when does neutropenia occur, if we look at the incidence of neutropenia as well as other AEs, it's usually within the first cycle. The median time to onset of the first event is around 21 days. So that's, you know, at the end of first cycle. Similarly with diarrhea, it's slightly earlier. Uh, It's usually day 14. So that's two weeks after starting treatment. Um, And then nausea is usually within the first couple of weeks as well. The duration is usually a week. Uh, if you use good supportive therapies for neutropenia, GCSF, for diarrhea, use of antidiarrheals, and anemia, if it's really severe, one could consider blood transfusion. But usually with these strategies, we can control uh, these side effects. If you detect a side effect, be it neutropenia or diarrhea, the key is early supportive therapy. And then for nausea, I usually recommend a three-drug antiemetic regimen to prevent nausea. And if a patient does very well, you can always decrease that to a true drug antiemetic regimen. And scalp cooling potentially is something to consider for alopecia. And how about uh, you, Dr. Dearest? Uh, there are other antibody drug conjugates. You had mentioned trastuzumab, duroxetan. What are the toxicities that are usually seen with trastuzumab, duroxetan, and what's your approach to reduce the occurrence and severity of toxicities seen with trastuzumab, duroxetan? Uh, in Destiny Breast 04, uh, in fact, we, we did observe some uh, cytotoxic-like uh, adverse event, uh, with the main uh, adverse event as a GI toxicity, nausea and vomiting, and a neutropenia on uh, one third. Not uh, so high uh, grade of toxicity, but we know this uh, even grade two uh, nausea is may impair the quality of life of the patient. And uh, for that, usually uh, I use the same as for sazituzumab govitecant, and I take into account the prior uh, treatment and prior history of the patient to give at least two or three uh, pre-medication for nausea vomiting. 
In case of neutropenia, same, we may use GCSF, but perhaps not as a first uh, uh, infusion, uh, unless the patient is elderly or a frail patient. We should educate the patient about this uh, toxicity, as uh, clearly uh, there is uh, some degree of uh, GI toxicity on uh, nausea. Moreover, patients are experiencing some degree of fatigue, and also, as we did observe for Zazidumab govitecant, alopecia is observed to 30-40% of the patient, and we may propose a scalp uh, cooling for the patient. When we look to, to the safety summary on the treatment emergent adverse event, we have to take into account the fact that the median duration of uh, trastuzumab during seconds was much longer uh, than uh, the treatment physician choice uh, in the clinical trials due to the efficacy. And the main toxicity leading to discontinuation of the drug was ILD, interstitial lung disease. And uh, we didn't observe any neuropathy as in the control arm. And uh, those reductions uh, usually uh, was uh, linked uh, to uh, nausea, fatigue, and uh, neutropenia. So as for sazituzumab uh, govitecant, we have to consider a GCSF supports in case, uh, in fact, uh, we observe neutropenia grade 4, febrile neutropenia, or grade 3, and if we have to delay a cycle from one week. And the adverse events of special interest, no signal of cardiac toxicity with trastuzumab during second. Whereas ILD, pneumonitis, uh, was clearly an issue as we uh, did observe in the early clinical trials and then in the phase three trials with uh, uh, incidence of 12 to 15% uh, of uh, uh, ILD. And unfortunately, uh, some uh, free cases in Destiny 404 trials, uh, grade 5 patients died from this uh, toxicity. So clearly, uh, perhaps my main message for monitoring TDXE is uh, to uh, monitor uh, the occurrence or to detect very early uh, ILD. Once uh, we suspect ILD, we first have to stop the ADC and to perform uh, uh, some exploration, history, uh, examining prior therapy, lab tests, CT scan, uh, pneumologist consultation is very important, bronchoscopy, in order to exclude other causes because our patient may be uh, immuno, uh, immunodepressed. And once uh, ILD associated with ADC is uh, confirmed, uh, we have uh, some management according to uh, the grade uh, of uh, the ILD. If we diagnose at grade one, we may give steroids or not. We may discontinue the drug, and when the patient recovered, we may uh, uh, give again uh, the ADC to the patient. And this is very important as the drug is active to, to keep the drug. In case of grade two, we have to give a steroids and in fact, today the recommendation is to discontinue the uh, ADC uh, treatment. Grace 3 and 4, clearly the patient needs to be hospitalized and treated with the pneumologist and uh, be in intensive care. When are toxicity are likely to occur with datopotomab during second? This was evaluated in the atropion pantumor one trial. In patients with metastatic TNBC, the common side effects that were seen included nausea as well as stomatitis, 
which is a side effect that in general we don't see that much with sasetuzumab, govitekin, and trastuzumab, duroxetan. The side effects that were not that common, which we do see with other agents like sasetuzumab, govitekin, like diarrhea or myelosuppression, that was not seen much with datapotamab, duroxetan. So it appears to have a distinct side effect profile and again emphasizes that not all ADCs are the same. We have to look at them as individual drugs. There were no cases of ILD uh, that were seen in the TNBC cohort. So to summarize, uh, Sazituzumab govitecant, a TROP2 ADC, is, uh, I would say, the standard of care for second-line therapy for metastatic triple negative breast cancer. But similarly, Trastuzumab virus is approved to her to low metastatic breast cancer, and some, some may be uh, ER negative. The tumor selective payload uh, is um, giving much uh, higher concentration in tumoral cells. It's uh, the, the characteristic of ADC. Uh, however, I would say that targeted chemotherapy with ADC is still chemotherapy, and we are facing some toxicity, primarily to uh, the release of the cytotoxic payload and uh, the bystander effect. So we clearly uh, need early detection of toxicity and uh, optimal management uh, uh, to prevent high-grade toxicity and even uh, low uh, and, or medium grades for the better quality of life in this uh, metastatic setting. And we uh, did observe some differences uh, in the toxicity pattern of uh, this free uh, ADC. And this may be a discussion also with the patient uh, in the next future uh, in order to select, uh, the, the, I would say, the best ADC for the patient. Thank you. Hello, this is Aditya Bordia from Massachusetts General Hospital, Boston. Welcome to the second presentation titled Personalizing Care for Patient with Metastatic TNBC before, during, and after antibody drug conjugate therapy. Joining me in the discussion today is my esteemed colleague and dear friend, Veronique Dieras from Centre Eugene Marcus René France. It's a pleasure to have you, Dr. Dieras, today. In this presentation, we will discuss on how to provide personalized care across different stages of ADC therapy in metastatic TNBC. So let's start with a patient story uh, this is a 35-year-old female who was diagnosed with metastatic TNBC, pdl one positive, received first-line therapy with carboplatin and pembrolizumab at disease progression after nine months, lung and liver metastases, no brain mats, excellent performance status. So is ADC therapy the right approach for this patient, taking into account the patient characteristic? Previous toxicities and comorbidities. We are in second line therapy for metastatic triple negative breast cancer. Yeah, I would think so. I think this patient should get ADC in the second line based on the standard guidelines. Uh, and so I would recommend uh, sasetuzumab govitekin for this patient. And that's exactly what this patient received uh, sasetuzumab govitekin, 10 milligram per kilogram. But then a week later, when the patient came back for day eight, her counts were low, uh, ANC of 800, hemoglobin 10.5, and platelets 150,000. So what should be the next step? Continue sazituzumab govitecant at same dose, 10 mg per kilo, or lower dose, 8 mg per kilo, or to hold sazituzumab govitecant? 
Yeah, no, good question. And it's a scenario that we do see in clinic. Now, with an ANC of 800, this patient has grade 3 neutropenia. So I would hold sasetuzumab govitecan uh, because if we give sasetuzumab govitecan at this time, the counts would go down further. So my recommendation would be to hold SG at this time. Consider GCSF support to bring the counts up. That's what was done for this patient. The patient received GCSF for two days and the counts did recover when the patient came back a week later. Okay, so what should be the next step for the, the next cycle? We start at the same dose, 10 mg per kilo, lower dose, 8 mg per kilo, or sazituzumab gobitikas? So I would resume now. I would not hold the drug. The counts have recovered nicely. I would continue sazituzumab gobitikas. And given that it recovered within a week, I would feel comfortable with 10 mg per kilogram, and that's as per standard guidelines as well. Now, if this occurs again and again, you can always consider dose reduction, or if it takes a very long time for the GC, for the accounts to recover, you could do a dose reduction. But at this time, I would just continue with 10 milligram per kilogram. So that's what was done for this patient. Uh, so let's review management of neutropenia. And as reviewed in this patient, if a patient has ANC that's grade three on day eight, or it's grade two or lower, which is ANC less than 1500 on day one, the recommendation is to hold the treatment, allow the counts to recover, and then you can resume at the same treatment if the recovery is within a week. If a patient has more severe neutropenia, like grade four, that is more than seven days of febrile neutropenia, then the recommendation is to reduce the dose uh, once the counts recover and use GCSF. In terms of the type of GCSF, if you're more worried about day eight counts, then you can prevent that by using GCSF on day four and five, or even four, five, six. On the other hand, if you're more worried about day one of a subsequent cycle, then consider using long-acting GCSF on day eight, and that would help with the subsequent cycle. And in terms of dose reduction, you can reduce the dose to 7.5 milligram per uh, per meter square, or even five milligram per meter square if needed uh, for sasetuzumab covitecan. If a patient really has severe toxicity, despite five milligram per meter square, you can discontinue treatment, but I've not seen that in my practice. Usually with dose uh, reductions and supportive therapy, you can continue the drug. So Dr. Dearis, um, you know, we reviewed management of toxicity related to ADCs uh, can you also tell us about the importance of patient counseling, collaboration, and how we can work with patients uh, to mitigate and manage toxicities? We all know that uh, the journey of a patient with breast cancer is a very long one with different phases. And the metastatic uh, phase is the most stressful. The patient may understand that with new treatment, uh, the disease may be uh, chronic, uh, but uh, life expectancy uh, is uh, clearly uh, well perceived as perhaps uh, a few uh, years. So it's very important to consider uh, the quality uh, of life and uh, to have a patient counseling. A multidisciplinary team approach in the management of breast cancer is, uh, in my opinion, very crucial. Of course, for the primary care, we have the core disciplines, medical oncology, pathology, surgery, radiation, oncology, 
euh, gériatrique, pneumologique. En gériatrique, uh, a, a very important for frail patients. Uh, we uh, should uh, have a patient-centered care patient and the patient involvement in uh, the decision. Patients should uh, understand very well what we are proposing uh, such a treatment. I would like to highlight all the supportive care, and we uh, already heard about the side effect. And we know that uh, when we have a very good team, multidisciplinary team with breast care nurses, psychosocial care, psych dietitian, pain management pharmacists are very useful for uh, the patient. Moreover, recently we have what we call the patient reported outcome and we are developing some mobile uh, devices in order the patient can report very early uh, some adverse event and we can manage much better the, the patient. And also it's important uh, for the patient to have a link to advocate groups and uh, to have uh, access to information resources. And with that, with this team, we, we, we may anticipate uh, improvement in the outcomes, a better uh, psychological uh, outcome, quality, uh, integration of care, and greater patient uh, satisfaction. Patient uh, will uh, have better tolerance to treatment and uh, work with uh, the team. And also, it's very important, uh, the patient uh, may participate to clinical trials in such a specialized uh, team. And this is not in the metastatic setting a study, uh, uh, retrospective, but however, uh, with uh, many uh, breast cancer patients, they demonstrate that the fact that the recurrence rate of breast cancer patients was uh, lower for patients treated in multidisciplinary teams than other, uh, I would say, as a standard care. So this is very important, and I think even more important uh, for uh, metastatic uh, disease. And if uh, we may uh, summarize, uh, clearly uh, we see that each patient is different. And today we heard about different uh, side effects of uh, treatment, and perhaps we have to discuss that with uh, the patient, considering the prior history of uh, breast cancer on the prior treatment. So. I think uh, if uh, the patient is engaged uh, in the discussion on the decision, it's much better. We have the team uh, in order uh, to um, have uh, to improve the quality of treatment and clearly uh, to uh, set to the patient the goals of care and uh, to introduce uh, clearly uh, also uh, the, the palliative uh, setting and discuss what the patient uh, is uh, willing uh, to receive uh, for the treatment. And again, in the metastatic setting, pain management and side effect management are very crucial uh, for uh, the quality of life of the patient. We, we know that uh, the life expectancy uh, may, may be uh, short in so, some, 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 some times. So, as a summary, a retrospective study has shown that uh, in the relative risk of re recurrence and death was significantly lower for breast cancer patients who received uh, multidisciplinary care than for those who did not. Uh, the goal of this multidisciplinary team is to deliver the best possible treatment and uh, give the power of patients and help them to maintain their quality of life. Key, uh, this is a key uh, issue. 
and uh, of course all this multidisciplinary team should be implanted uh, uh, in uh, the national health policy uh, settings of breast cancer patients. Thank you for attending this uh, session. Thank you, Dr. Dearest. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.